بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين. Tonight in these Sira bites we get to the next story you could say the next key story that we have which is when the Kaaba within of course the city of Mecca it had to be rebuilt. And it's important for us to note that when Prophet Ibrahim initially had built the Kaaba it doesn't look exactly like how we see it today. The reason why you have that, the crescent, that half circle, is to indicate that was where the initial Kaaba had actually extended out to. And that's why when people are doing their tawaf, you never see people walking within that space between the actual cube of the Kaaba and that half circle. Because technically speaking, that space basically counts as if it's part of the Kaaba. And for tawaf, we have to go around it. So the the Prophet Ibrahim salam, he builds the Kaaba, it has its initial structure. And then eventually at this time in the life of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and this is, uh, this is still pre-receiving revelation Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, but we still say, of course, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So there, the, there was a flood in the Kaaba, it was, it was damaged and they had to rebuild it. But they didn't have enough pure money. And this was, mind you, this is by their own standards. So when, when the leaders of Quraysh, when the chieftains of Quraysh, when they were communicating with each other and, and discussing about you know, how, they, how they were going to, to go about this issue, how were they going to repair the Kaaba, how are they going to fund it, among themselves, they, they understood, they still had this understanding that this is the house of God and it cannot be rebuilt, it cannot be built with anything other than pure money. So if it was made from interest, if it was made from whichever other way, none of that can be used for it. So based on the amount of money that they gathered, they only had enough to rebuild it as a square as opposed to a rectangle. So they're going, they're going through this process, and of course you have the black stone. And there, there, there was this, this really major issue of honor. And, you know, each part of, of Quraysh, basically each, you know, subgroup, each clan within the larger tribe of Quraysh, you could say, wanted the honor to be the one to move the black stone, to place the black stone. And ironically, this issue got to a point where they, they were about to, you know, start fighting, basically. Blood was about to be shed within this very high pressure, high tension situation. I mentioned that it's sort of ironic because this is supposed to be the house of God and a religious issue, but then you have people almost willing to go to blows over wanting to place the black stone, right? So, so even within that, there's food for thought for us to think about, right, as it relates to how we go about our intentions and our day-to-day -day affairs as it relates to the message. A very basic example, let's say somebody, they show up for Jum'ah, they show up for any prayer, any, anything, whatever it is, and let's say, you know, there, there, there's one parking spot and there are two cars, right? Instead of, you know, rushing to, to want to beat that person to the parking spot, knowing that the closest spot may be, you know, a little bit of a ways away, right? Instead of nearly getting into a fight, some type of altercation over something that's supposed to be tied in with something religious, right? We, we want to connect the, religi the religiosity, right, with, with adab, with akhlaq. It's not just about the parking spot. It's not just about making it to Jum'ah on time. Some people think that it's okay to double park so long as I make it to Jum'ah. That's not okay. So we need, to, we need to reflect during this day and age as it relates to how do we go about when driving to the Masjid, are we driving like 200 miles an hour for the sake of Allah, so to speak, 
right? So we, we want to think more deeply about these things. I digress, though, going back to the story of the Prophet ﷺ. So they, they're, they're, this huge fight was about to break out because everybody wanted the honor for themselves. And then they decided that, you know, th this is too much. We, we can't go about this in this way. The next person to enter, the next person to walk by, we're going to appoint them basically as the judge over our case. They're going to decide whatever they decide, we're going to go with it. And part of the reason why they did this was because this was not preordained. This was not planned well in advance. So it's not like whoever that next person was going to be, it's not like they knew, okay, at this time, make sure you walk in and then play it off as if you didn't know. Or it was completely random, right, at that point in time. And then lo and behold, who's the next person to enter? As-Sadiq al-Ameen, the truthful, the trustworthy, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Who better than the Prophet himself, sallallahu alayhi wasallam? to enter at that time. When all of them saw that it was him, all of them felt at peace. All of them felt relaxed. All of them felt like, okay, there's no better person <laughs> to help us through this trial and tribulation, this difficult time, other than this specific person. Out of everyone else, there's no better person than him. And you have the, the, the wisdom of the Prophet shining very brightly in this, in this scenario, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and you notice something. The solution that he gave, it was not tilted in one direction or another. It had this beautiful harmony. It had this perfect balance. So we know his solution was, okay, put it basically in a piece of cloth and then someone, you know, from each, uh, from, from each part of the tribe will carry a corner and we're going we're gonna to do it together, right? We're going we're gonna to do this as a team. And everybody was content with the solution. One of the important things for us to notice about this is the character of the Prophet ﷺ was constantly shining. We only have a few stories, a few glimpses of that Muhammadan brightness ﷺ pre-revelation, right? Before Iqra, before... The, a lot of what we have is actually in Medina. In Mecca, the main goal was survival. We definitely have stories from the seerah of the Prophet ﷺ during that time, but one of the differences between Mecca and Medina, in, Benin, in, in Medina, they could breathe a little bit more. They could relax a little bit more because now they had the full right to openly be Muslim with no hesitation. Right? So when, when, when we look at this story, one of the best things that we can take from it is the character of the Prophet constantly shining, constantly coming through, offering practical, beautiful, balanced solutions for his people, for his community to keep the peace, to maintain the fabric of the community. You find the wisdom of the Prophet shining. This is just a glimpse of it, but, but notice something. The character of the Prophet ﷺ. So for us on a practical level, right? it's not just about we want to read more Qur'an and then it stops there. That's a beautiful thing, don't get me wrong. Reading extra Qur'an, listening to extra Qur'an, connecting with the Qur'an more often in quantity and quality. MashaAllah, may Allah accept it. But that whole process, that whole project you could say, has to be built on top of the foundation of If the character is not there, nothing else matters. If a person has horrible character at work, no one and they're Muslim, no one is going to come to them and ask them, you know, about Islam. People are going to be too afraid of that person. People are going to feel like this person is not approachable, they're kind of mean. I'm going to keep as much space away from them as possible. So we need to ask ourselves, is that the effect that we have on our families when we enter the home? For some people, they enter the home, people find out that's the person that got home, and then people, they want to, to, to go as far away from that person as they can. Because there's a lack of compassion. Naturally, 
When there's compassion within the heart of a person, that's a type of magnet. People gravitate towards that person. The best example is the Prophet So you look at this brief scenario. This gives us a glimpse. He enters, he gives the perfect solution in that time. And it's built on character. It's built on wisdom, understanding, and compassion. So we have to ask ourselves when we enter our homes, do, do our family members gravitate towards us or do they flee from us? If we're harsh and we have this, this rigid character, naturally people, Allah says it regarding the Prophet. And notice something, the closest, the, the Prophet was miles and miles away from anything even close to, harsh, to harshness or bad character, Notice something, the closest the Prophet got towards anything other than good character in, is this ayah when Allah says, Law. If you were to be harsh in your character, they would flee from you. But the Prophet was never harsh in his character, The Prophet was kind and compassionate, balanced, and he was wise. So what we want to learn from this, okay, when we enter home, do people flee from us or gravitate towards us? If people see us in the masjid, do they want to avoid us because we lack compassion and we're harsh and rigid? Or do people feel more comfortable and at peace and at ease? Because for Quraysh, they felt at peace and at ease. The Prophet is here. He, wasn't, he didn't have the, the literal mantle of prophethood yet, وسلم, but when, when, when Muhammad, the son of Abdullah, he's the one who's here, Asadiq al-Amin is here, they felt better. They felt at peace. They felt more relaxed. They felt like, okay, this is, this is a person of solutions. This is a person of compassion, of wisdom. We trust him to help us in our, in our situation and our problems. So we want to try our best to embody this ayah, a very early ayah, وَإِنَّكَ لَعَلَىٰ خُلُقٍ عَظِيمٍ when Allah, when Allah says that the, there's no doubt the Prophet is upon good character. If there's this massive mountain of amazing character, the Prophet is on top of it sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam. And this, this is the practical element that we want to take from this very brief snippet, this very brief seerah bite. We ask Allah to help us to connect with the seerah of the Prophet, the legacy of the Prophet. We ask Allah to fill our hearts with love and compassion in general, especially when we enter the home. We ask Allah to help us to try our best to embody these concepts and to live them as best we can as the Prophet taught us, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We ask Allah for that. Amin Rabbil Alameen. Wa akhiru da'wana. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen.